0: Hello and welcome back to Identity Architects, the podcast that spotlights individuals who are changing the way that data is used to deliver richer customer experiences. I'm your host, Ben Cicchetti, and for this episode, our sales director, Sunil Moda, had the opportunity to speak with James Cotty, principal client partner, Amir, at TripAdvisor. Moda and James had a great conversation about a fascinating industry, travel and lifestyle, touching on data collaboration, the fair value exchange, and much, much more. Before I hand it over to Motor and James, just a quick reminder to hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode of Identity Architects lands. But without any further delay, here's Motor and James.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Identity Architects. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with James Cotte from TripAdvisor. Um, and before we go into a round of quickfire questions, James, I've known you. We've been speaking together. I mean, we've been together um, for the new two and a half years of this partnership now. Um, it will be great for the wider audience listening in to get a bit more of our background on who James is. Um, and more importantly, who, who is TripAdvisor and what, what's your role within the organization?
2: No problem. I'll try and keep it short and sweet, but thank you very much, Moda, for inviting me along to the podcast. Happy to happy to be here. Um, so yeah, I'm James Cotty. I'm a principal client partner at TripAdvisor. So I, I work within the media and partnerships team, uh, focusing on growth clients. And, and growth for us means non-endemic. So brands that aren't endemic to, to travel, non-travel brands. So um, yeah, I get to work with lots of different brands across many different industries, helping them to to get exposure to the world's largest travel platform.
1: So. Amazing, thanks mate. Um, so let's go, let's kickstart the quick fire questions. And to, kick, to start the podcast off, let's take a trip down memory lane. Um, sorry, James, this might expose our age on this podcast today, they're not intentional. Um, what's your earliest memory of our industry, the advertising and marketing industry? What, what made James enter?
2: Well, I think um my earliest memory of advertising um would have been McDonald's, which is probably
0: um you okay. know, a brand that
2: I still still uh, like to to enjoy every every now and again now. But I think um when I was a lot a lot younger, watching ads on TV with Ronald McDonald and Happy Meals and things like that, ads that I guess uh, in today's today's age would not um would not cut it, but um definitely set the tone for me to be a, a kind of a lifelong fan of mcdonald's and passing that down to to my children
1: it's a very interesting uh, uh and an, and a nice memory to have if and mcdonald's is what made james enter advertising well that's new for everyone <laughs> <next> <laughs> of. um and what was your first job i mean you know we we've known each other for quite a while um and you've got a very extensive portfolio of, of roles and and the industries you've worked in um but what what was the first advertising or marketing job you took?
2: So my first role in, in advertising was, I think it was back in 2012, which is for a company called Ingenium, who were kind of a small, bespoke um, data owner and digital marketing company. So we had a, a big database of public sector decision makers. and My role was to help B2B brands to communicate with those public sector decision makers through Things like surveys, um, webinars, email marketing, and and ultimately helping um, businesses to to drive leads. So I think that was my first step into kind of the advertising space, but also from a, a sales perspective in terms of my career, the first chance I had to kind of work closely with marketeers, and um, felt that was my my calling. Really, essentially, um, you know, bringing sales and marketing together and and selling to marketeers. I felt was something that. Um, I was very comfortable doing. So that was my um, my first stint and I think I was there for five years. And then I went on to um, Autotrader. I spent a couple of years there and then um, the last three, I think nearly three and a half years at TripAdvisor. And I think, um, you know, throughout the rest of my career, I'm always going to be wanting to be around kind of the advertising media industry.
1: It is. It's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting journey we're in. Um, and you know, you've been in you've been in the industry long enough. You've under s y you have understood you you are kind of following the, the changes, the rapid growth in our industry, the different tech solutions. Um and in just general the way the industry is shaping up because of the regulations we're faced with. Um it's ever growing and it's always new. It's always there's always a new challenge, there's always a new topic. Um, you know, we speak about this quite frequently. It's almost like we just started yesterday our careers. Um, so yeah, it's a nice space to be in, um, so given your experience and your skill sets and all that knowledge you've gained over the last few years, knowing what you know now, um, anything you would probably say to yourself today when you started this career? Um,
2: it's an interesting question. I think thinking back to when I I started out in my kind of sales career and then moving into advertising. I never intended on being here I always wanted to be a, a fighter pilot was my uh, my first intention so it's um not quite comparable but I think um finding something you're passionate about or something you enjoy I think when you work for a business or in a, an industry that is a personal interest it always makes things a lot easier I think you can kind of convey your, your passion and um you know find it interesting so the days the days fly by and um uh, I think it works quite nicely in, in that respect. And I think if I was to go back to myself, starting in my very first um, sort of sales role, I would probably say, you know, to be a bit bit more fearless, you know, not worrying about who, who I'm talking to, their seniority and things like that. And also um, would absolutely say to myself that cold calling is uh, is character building for sure and something that um, you'll, you'll benefit from in, in the long
1: run. Absolutely. Uh, and you're right. You're right, I think. You know, one of the beauties about our industry as well is the social aspect of it, the networking aspect of it. Yeah. You never know who you're going to bump into when you're walking around Charlotte Street, for example.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, you never know who you're going to bump into when you walk into your favorite restaurants because you're always, our industry is so big, but so small at the same time, and everyone's well networked. Um, even if, you know, when people move on to new adventures, they don't go far. Uh, yeah. So it's constantly, you know, once a colleague or a friend of yours might be a, a, a working in the same organization or they're moving to a competitor and they're moving back to one of your partners. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's a nice industry to be in. i was trying to compare it. My wife's a pharmacist on um, a medical profession. It's a very, it's two different worlds we live in almost. Yep. So. And also, it's nice to know. I just found out something new about you—that you've got a passion not just for cars, but also planes. Um,
2: anything I- that moves, motor, boats, <laughs> planes, cars—anything you can drive and have fun in—is uh, it has always been something I, I enjoyed growing up. Never had the chance to. I've I've had the chance to um, pilot like a small two-seater plane um, in the past, but never something as exciting as a as a uh, fighter pilot. So I get my fix watching Top Gun um, instead of uh, doing anything like that
1: i totally agree um we we share a common grounds there i once um progressed through all the way through air cadets so something oh, wow. you did about me yeah wanted to become a pilot myself um always playing flight simulator great brand as well um uh, um but yeah i think there was uh, and, and to that point i was selling music cds in hmv and virgin that's the closest i could get to pilots and planes and kind of understand how I can get myself flying one of those big jumbo jets but something just clicked and I wanted to turn to enter the advertising mm. industry and here we are today so here we are today absolutely. hopefully absolutely. in the in the coming years we could potentially um become those pilots that we've always wanted to exactly I think working
2: in travel I'm sort of I'm, I'm part of the way there I do get to encounter pilots every now and again when I'm traveling for business and for um for personal so it's there, it's there in some guys
1: there you go um here's a here's a nice question um and probably more relatable to where we are today as an industry um we we, we've become obsessed with identity um the whole concept of identity uh, the ability to identify individuals making targeting more hyper targeted uh, marcus marketing strategies becoming all around um consumer first etc but the tricky part of this question is james if one of your daughter's nurseries or schools called you up and said james we want you to come in tomorrow and do a bit of a show and tell of your industry your role and what you're currently working on how would you explain identity to that for a group of 10 year olds
2: how would i explain identity very good question i mean i think um I had a moment recently with my... I've got, um, as you know, two daughters and a, a little boys. Yep. Yep. Definitely not old enough to understand what I'm saying just yet. But my eldest was asking about my job and what I actually do. And um, she's seven. And I think I, I said to her, I work... There's there's this thing called the internet. And there are lots of websites on the internet. And uh, Daddy works for one of those called, called TripAdvisor. And people come to TripAdvisor for... Um, looking for holidays and for restaurants and things like that. And my role is to help people to um, to, to advertise on that website. So to bring their brands to people that um, have a, a kind of a passion for, for travel and for lifestyle. So that was kind of like the, the first part of your question, how I explained it to my daughter and she can she can relay that back to me now. So um, I would tell my, my, my daughter's school to, to rely on her rather than me. Um, but in terms of identity, I'll probably say it's um you know identity is what makes you you in terms of your you know what your name is, your interests, where you live. If I was to describe it to my daughters, I'd probably say it's like, you know, you're you're a cake and the ingredients are your your interests and your passions and, and what you like and your characteristics and all of those ingredients make that cake. And um that's how I would describe identity. I think, you know, they like cakes. I think that would uh um, help to help them to understand what what that means
1: i think that's it i mean for everyone else listening in that might be a good prop to use for the wider industry when we're explaining identity cakes um and all the ingredients within it, it and it's it's true right um i kind of relate this back to becoming you know when you're a new parent um and identity is a very interesting uh, piece of a uh, part of life is it's ever evolving um, identity doesn't stay static, because in the younger years, you, you're, you're developing yourself, your physically and personally, your mindsets, um, and the things you liked when you were younger to the things you like when you're older. Again, your identity changes. Um, yeah. And when we relate that back to where we are today, how are brands capturing that? How are publishers capturing that? How are the wider industry or, or just organization in general? taking note of all of those attributes to associate to one individual. Right. Um, and then once you know that about individuals, how do you utilize that, in a meaningful and in a privacy compliant manner?
2: Exactly. I think like to your point, it changes. It can, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be over years. I think over, you know, weeks and months, your identity can change in terms of, you know, things that you learn that you're, you're interested in, or perhaps you're not so much interested in anymore. So um, yeah, I think from a brand's perspective, you know, just to be conscious of that, that, you know, your customers might change and the platforms they use might change. And just to, you know, you've got to you've got to keep your, your finger on the pulse on an ongoing basis, don't you?
1: Absolutely. And, and of course, we'll dive into this in the more top in in the topics later on in the session. Um, but it's a good touch point. And I do love your analogy. I may have to use that again, explaining it when uh, it, um to current partners and, and um, plus <laughs> partners. nice cake analogy um, I like this one and it's also a nice opportunity for me to slip in um, a few cheeky comments what keeps you awake at night and I'm going to end that with you can't with the exception of Spurs not winning a trophy system <laughs>
2: that's kept um, me up for, for many many years um, I actually sleep exceptionally well I I'm, I'm, I sleep like a baby I'm I'm a very very um, in terms of i mean i've got young children who come into our bed quite often but i don't move I, I sleep very very well and sleep's very important to me so from a personal standpoint my answer would be nothing keeps me awake at night and um,
1: a different discussion um i might need to take some tips from that um yeah. <laughs> kids are running in we have all experienced those yeah uh, um professionally i think um
2: I, I always want there's always like um you know, I've got a, a huge to-do list of, of things that I want to do and brands I want to speak to and people I want to get back to I think that list can be endless and um, I think as we've all experienced in the bit, with hybrid working at home and, and and heading into the office it's sometimes especially at home is difficult to, to switch off and and to figure out you know what does a good day look like so that sometimes I you know i get in bed at night and think oh you know i wish i'd done that or i didn't quite get around to, to doing that so i'd say that's probably um if anything were to keep me up at night that's what it would be but you no know, i sleep like a baby for sure
1: well i'm glad it's not spares. <laughs> and um, um, that said you you we've just all learned you sleep like a baby so you get a decent couple of hours of sleep um well rested what gets you motivated in the morning? What gets you out of bed? Uh, you know, what's that instinct of right? I can't wait to start my day the next day.
2: Um, see, that's the interesting thing. So, I, I, I like my sleep, and I struggle in the morning, but I, I, I do get up for sure. And I think, um, I think when you enjoy a job, and when you enjoy the kind of the industry that you're in, um, you know, I don't, I don't sort of wake up in the morning seeking motivation. I, I know every day is going to be different, and I know I'm going to enjoy. Um, what that day brings. So, um, yeah, I think to, to my earlier point in terms of I, I love to travel, I love to dine out, I love to explore you know things locally, domestically, and and um, and further afield. So I'm I'm kind of working for a company that that brings all those together. So I'm kind of combining my my personal passions with um, my professional ones. So um, yeah, I think that's what what motivates me to get going. I'm, I'm talking about things that I'm genuinely interested in and hopefully helping my my clients and prospects to, to look at things in a slightly different way and helping them on their their journey to um, you know improve their advertising and perhaps consider a platform they hadn't considered
1: before. Yeah, it is an interesting one, isn't it, James? I mean, going back to my point earlier on, it says, it says Mrs. Uh, Mode is a, a medical profession and you know, part of their industry is obviously helping humans and individuals and you know at different life stages and when you relate that back to our industry it's it's very similar um you know we're helping brands we're helping partners clients prospects we're helping the industry shape into something that's meaningful overall right um in the in the the recent years is ensuring consumers are protected yeah
2: Uh,
1: and it's ever growing um and again that's it's a nice place to to be in is waking up in the morning knowing you are genuinely making a difference exactly we're not
2: saving lives like mrs Moda, but we're definitely uh yeah we are making a difference in our own in our own way
1: exactly so everyone is always doing doing good for the world exactly. like um now we're going to go totally off topic um i do like Absolutely. this question i really do like this question um because it, it kind of shows one's personality um if there was a if there was a song that was a soundtrack to James's life, what would that be?
2: It's a very good question. When I was when you shared with this with me kindly before the podcast, I think it's probably the most difficult question I had to answer. So I turned to turn to data as one would working in the kind of the data world, and I uh, opened up my Spotify and learned that my number one played song of all time is "Superstition" by. Um, Stevie Wonder,
1: nice, yeah. Yep. So um,
2: I don't know if that is a soundtrack to my life necessarily. I think you know the the songs about um, you know not making decisions and acting upon irrational beliefs, which I'm sure you can apply to a, a career in in sales and in advertising. But yeah. yep. you know, a, as a song, it's it's something that you know every time I hear it, it, it kind of lifts my lifts my mood. And uh, yeah, I think that's the, it has, the one isn't it? it's a
1: great song. Um, it, overall it's just really got that vibe to get you going um it, it's one of those sounds you know those songs you can just listen throughout the day and just brings happy positive vibes exactly yeah keeps the room going um if you looked at my spotify playlist um it's not a true reflection of me you're probably gonna see lots of peppa pig songs um, <laughs> and baby shark in various different themes um, that's just your commute into works, Moda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I made that mistake. So I didn't know if you could, this was actually a setting, but it's only when a relative pointed it out and questioned my playlists, which was um, Spotify's got this feature when you publicly share what you're listening to, all the social platforms that you may connect to also can get to see that Moda's played Baby Shark today and it's constantly <laughs> on repeat. Um, so I finally managed to understand how to switch that off. It's now yeah. off. Um, but mine's a Seven Nations Army by White Stripes. Again, it's one of those pump feel songs. Um, gets me going. Yeah, that's a right. great representation of you, I think, Moda, That song. <laughs> always, um, day. It, it always It always. It, it's also got. Um, it's also got sentimental memories of when me and Mrs. Moda had our first date. Um, but that's a, that's a discussion over beers. <laughs> um, right. Now we've learned, James. Firstly, thank you so much. We've we've learned a lot about you in the last um, last couple of questions. of just you know getting to know you in this podcast. And we're going to switch gears a little bit and uh, and take you know re- get go get going in into our industry um, and just learn a few more things about the way TripAdvisor are moving. You know how your role plays. Importance and value to TripAdvisor's um, objectives. Um, and to kick started off I- into our topic, is we all know, you know, it's been a topic of discussions for the last two, three years. Um, but the third party cookie is almost extinct. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and I did have this on my notes earlier on, um, <laughs> the original date was. It was potentially going to be extinct by the end of 2023 it's been um, extended again hasn't it? it has and the most recent announcements is it's been the deadline's been extended now um everyone's on different journeys media owners brands agency partnerships data owners tech solutions themselves um but i guess for TripAdvisor, i guess if i asked the question are you prepared for the cookie list era um the answer naturally be yes, just because of the nature of your business and the fact we, you know, the way you're you are capturing first-party data. But I, I guess, kind of twist the question up a little bit and say, what are you doing to to further enhance your value proposition in this space?
2: Okay. Um, very good question. I think yeah. To to your point, we're we're very fortunate to have you know, reams of first-party data. We're, we're the world's largest travel platform across lots of different markets. So we capture lots yep. of data on on users that, that come to TripAdvisor, not only from a, a travel perspective, but also people looking at things mm. locally. So we start to yep. learn about people's takeaway habits and uh, the restaurants they like to, to dine in and things like that. So from a, a, a third-party cookie uh, disappearing perspective, we're in a very strong place. Yep. And I think sort of moving forward, there's there's a number of different things we're we're looking to do and are implementing already to to kind of future proof ourselves um, as a as an advertising team within TripAdvisor, which is um, things like in, improving our membership signups. So many people access TripAdvisor um, without signing in. We're starting to look at opportunities whereby, as a member, you get. Um, you know, benefits discounts and, and things like that so that again will help us to learn a lot more about our our users and also just just you know really trying to think about you know the future around being personalized and, and contextual tagging parts of the site that perhaps we might not have tagged before I think um, we've spoken about this in depth before Moda but with, with my role looking at brands outside of travel quite often you know I'm, I'm working with them to help them to understand what's what's the alignment sometimes it's obvious sometimes less so um, and so, by understanding um, what else interests our, our our users and our consumers, apart from the fact that they're on a travel website or they're on our website to, to find the the nearest restaurant in, in the, their local community, um, just looking at things like that, really around you know other interests it might be that you know they like to shop, or it might be that they um, you know are hot on collecting Avios points and things like that. Just really sort of leveraging that throughout our, our website to, to sort of increase our sort of segments and ways in which advertisers can target users on TripAdvisor.
1: And that's really interesting, isn't it? That, that the capturing of your own first party customers at the sign-in point, um, you touched on a really imp- a, a key item, which was incentivizing them to sign on in the first place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think... That's probably been the most challenging point for a lot of organizations of, um, as history has shown, is, you know, as consumers, you were able to go to your favorite inventory, read uh, read the, your favorite content, navigate through the different website sections, and never have to provide any information about yourself, right? Uh, but over the years, and the, especially the way the industry is shifting, there, there is that, need of how do we get to know our customers better um and what do we know about them i think you know providing you these days users are happy to just hand over an email address if it's going to improve and, and help in, you know, enhance their old user experience but also capturing that additional information about us as individuals is equally important of yeah. that because it just helps that user experience Exactly. And it's also like providing
2: the, the value as well. I think we see it a lot. Um, You know, I shop in Tesco's quite often and we've probably seen it. You might have seen it yourself with, you know, the club card prices at the moment. Like if you, if you walk into Tesco's without your club card, you're going to be paying a lot more than you would um, yeah. if you were to use it. So I think, you know, they're kind of taking that approach of, look, if, if you're a member and you're, you're loyal to, to our brand, we'll okay. reward you for it. And we, we find with, with TripAdvisor, because we've been around for such a long time, People have, have grown up with it. They are loyal to the brand already. And so we're trying to explore ways and, and opportunities to, to kind of return that value back to them. And because we've got the relationships on the B2B side as well as the B2C side, I think that's where we can sort of leverage those partnerships to bring value to, to our users. And as a result, they, they get a better experience, they get more value, and we also learn a little bit more about them to help, to, to help advertisers to be a lot more personalized and contextual.
1: Absolutely. It's a great, great um, development from TripAdvisor of, of, of operating in that way. Um, and also, thanks for touching on that Tesco point, because I only realized those preferred rates a couple of weeks ago. And I did go <laughs> Tesco Express. Um, again, as always, Mrs. Moda reminded me that I need to get milk on a Saturday. Totally forgot. Kids woke up Sunday, no milk. Um, a seven o'clock journey to the local Tesco, only to realise there's two different rates and I didn't have my Tesco club card. Yeah, £10 Uh, without and uh, £1 with. There you go. Um, But again, if you look at the wider industry and other organisation, it's a nice incentive, isn't it? Um, For those who are not club card members, it doesn't cost you to become a member, but it it gives you incentives of having different rates of purchasing products. Exactly. I think it's really smart. It's, It's just which strategies do you deploy to ensure you're not losing your customer base, but allowing them to, you know, helping the retention and obviously acquiring new ones, basically. Um, and that nicely goes on to the, to the second question. And thank you so much for that insights, uh, James. That was really helpful. Um, no worries. Um, in general, um, we are now in this era of first party data, right? Um, if you look at the way businesses are operating, um, if you look at, if you you know all over our industry press it's all about identity first party data capturing etc you look at tech solutions they have evolved and they're moving into this first party cookie collection etc um and it's also a it's a integral part of any marketing strategy these days um from a i guess TripAdvisor plays the roles of, of a advertiser and a, and a media partner right yeah. um but overall um what would be the the three the top three recommendations for any brand or publisher um that you know w- that you would like to give or, or would give um in terms of preparing preparing for the for the foreseeable future and especially the way that our industry is shifting apart from
2: talking to him for some i've got um i've got a, a few um ideas so i think First and foremost, you know, having like doing an audit of what, what's your current situation, where where are you advertising currently that relies on on third party cookies? And just, yeah. you know, particularly in the programmatic space, getting an understanding of what your current situation is. Is it, you know, you know from a percentage perspective, if, if 50% of all of your overall advertising is on, um, you know, relies on third party cookies, you need to start thinking, you know, long and hard about what your strategy looks like for, for the long term. So I think, you know, it's probably not going to be quite 50%, maybe um, overstep the mark a little bit there. But I think certainly doing an audit, seeing how exposed you'd be um, and doing that as the, the starting point would, would be my, my recommendation. And then thinking about where does your brand have a right to play? So I've probably touched on this a little bit in terms of my work at TripAdvisor, working with retail brands and auto brands and finance brands. Like... You wouldn't necessarily think that an auto brand, for example, might want to advertise on TripAdvisor, but perhaps thinking a little bit outside the box in terms of what are the behaviours of people on a platform like ours. You know, do they do they travel in their car? Do they take road trips? I mean, there's there's I like to think there's always an angle for for any brand, but I think if you are moving away from relying on third-party cookies, thinking about what areas you're currently sort of advertising in and perhaps some that you're you're not, and thinking, you know. Do I have a, a right to play yep, yep. here? And then finally, I think just just thinking about the quality of, of of the audience. So once you've identified where you have a right to play, does is there a good, strong quality audience that you can um, sort of matches what your brand has to offer? Is it contextual? Are you able to to reach people in a in a meaningful way with the right message at the right time? So yeah, that would be my um, my top three.
1: And then great, by the way, great, great points you've just made, made there, um, and the one I did love, you know, uh, and is pretty helpful for every organization, you know, last especially the way we're moving is the 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 MOT of servicing of your own business. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's a really important one, first and foremost, before you deploy any external strategies is what do I know about my own business? Who are my customers? What are we doing with them today? What do we need to do? Um, because that naturally evolves your business, but also helps it for the foreseeable future, right? Um, and I guess you don't need, I mean, I don't know if you can share this, but I, from a from TripAdvisor perspective, do you have a, a team that does this in place to help you all in your different departments? Or is this a role that every member within TripAdvisor kind of...
2: Yeah, I think um, I can only talk for... for... Um, TAPS, which is the TripAdvisor Advertising and Partnerships sort of team within TripAdvisor that I sit within. But I think across the the wider business, of course, we'll be looking at how, um, you know, from our own advertising perspective, doing that audit and, and thinking about where we have a right to play. Um, and perhaps what we've seen from the pandemic, kind of this move away from not just being a travel platform and people using us as a lifestyle platform for local recommendations do we start to you know perhaps advertise in slightly different areas I'm not close to to that but certainly from from our perspective and the the brands that we work with yeah we we have we're very fortunate to have a wonderful team um, within sort of data and audience and and data science that can help brands to understand what their audience how, how their audience behaves on TripAdvisor and sharing those those kind of insights so that you know, to, to to the point we were making earlier about doing that audit and finding out where you have a right to play, talk to, to brands maybe that you haven't spoke to in the past or talk to your existing um, brands that you do work with and try and understand better how your audience operating or how your consumers, sorry, um, operating on that platform. And and does that maybe present a slightly different angle for you that you hadn't considered before? So you're very fortunate to have a, a data team that that helped me and, and help brands to to understand that
1: that's really interesting and thanks for sharing the, the, the additional insights there james um but uh, you know as we move away from third-party cookies and we enter this the world of first party collecting those first-party identifiers is great but we all know um <laughs> the, the 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 consumers come first And to ensure consumers come first, there's obviously the importance of organizations like TripAdvisor and others um, to ensure they are, you know, following data privacy regulations and ensuring, um, you know, that all the kind of regulations are met, that, that the right legal place are in place. Now, not a topic for legal itself, but I guess overall, when organizations are shifting into that mindset and that mode um do you foresee any challenges for for other organizations or just in general as an industry
2: um yeah i think that there's always there's always going to be be challenges i think um it always comes down to to data you know and how, how clean is either your first party data that you know about your existing customers but also the, the partners that, that you work with i'm sure Mo, you've seen it yourself being retargeted for things that you've already purchased and, you know, frustrating things like that. We sort of feel like, you know, I I made a commitment to that brand because I saw the ad in the first place. I went ahead and and purchased it and now I'm being asked to,
1: to buy it again. You know, things like that. I think. It's still happening. Um, I was an owner of a specific automotive brand. Um, it's now been sold. (laughs) Yeah. They still message me every month, um, of how my vehicle's doing and, uh, just recently, because it was a year anniversary, um, they called me in for a service.
2: Yeah, I, I also get that the same from various um, sort of dealers I've used in the past, reminding yeah. me that an MOT's due on a, a vehicle that I haven't owned for for three plus years. So yeah, to, to that point, it's you know is 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 your data clean? Are you uh, taking action to make yep. sure that it is? Because I think that that ultimately then impacts the. The experience you're giving your your potential customers, you know, if, if you if you know who they are, and you know, if we use this example, if you know what car they own and when that car due for its MOT, when it needs its service, and you're you're sending communications in a you know personalized way, people will, will use you and people you know learn to, to love your brand and become loyal. But I think when you know, to your point, you get those frustrating emails or calls, and it's it's out of date, it it just it puts you off a little bit.
1: Yeah. It goes back to, it impacts the user experience, right? Exactly. Um, and I, I guess the point, you know, your your answer to this specific question goes back to your point you made earlier on, um, which was fundamentally going back to data audit or understanding your own business, your consumers. Um, and that could fundamentally remove some of the challenges or help address the challenges so you can move forward in a positive manner. Yeah. Uh, thank you, James. Um, I like this one. Partnerships, mm-hmm. collaborations, um, they're an integral part of every business um, across every industry, not just ours in advertising and marketing. Um, but we, we, we see a lot of it and, and it's been happening for, for years uh, just in different ways. From a TripAdvisor perspective, what do you look for when, when collaborating with a partner?
2: um I think I think comes back great question by the way Moda I think it comes back to um you know do you have a right to play in the kind of travel and and lifestyle space I think um you know when I certainly look at the brands that I I want to speak to and the brands that that come to us there's there's always a we call it a triangle a travel angle so you know I think it's you know do you have a right to to reach our audience and are you going to enhance their experience, whether that's, you know, from a, a travel perspective or a, um, a lifestyle perspective. So I think, um, yeah, that, that would be my um, sort of go-to really. Do you do you have a right to play? Can we find the, the right angle? Is, is your offering something that resonates well with with our audience? Does it make their experience better? And I think, um, you know, we work with a, a real range of brands, certainly me within growth and, and the wider team, across finance and telecoms and retail and you know consumer packaged goods there's there's so many different um sort of sectors and industries that you wouldn't necessarily associate with travel but actually there's there's going to be something there's going to be a a particular angle that, that we can find so I think um yeah that's what we tend to look for is you know does does your brand resonate with our audience and can we can we help you as well can we help your brand to to get the exposure you're looking for and to to achieve your objectives. And I wouldn't be shy sometimes to, you know, to walk away from from brand partnerships that just don't perhaps aren't aren't the right fit, or we're just trying to put a square peg in a circle hole or whatever the the phrase is.
1: Uh, And a segue into the next next question. It's a great point you've just made is, you know, we're seeing more and more of these collaborations take place. Um, We're also seeing... Collaborations take place where many moons ago we thought, oh, actually, these two brands wouldn't even sit together or they actually, that's an odd partnership they've just made. But, you know, when we're this new journey of collecting first party data allows us to do that sort of planning or insights at a very top level, just saying, actually, it's worth a try. Um, you know, who would fit well with TripAdvisor, even though we thought that's not a, a match to be made. Yeah, um, But then they do become relevant um and based on that so you're you're on this day today i'm in this day today um but today's about james what kind of collaborations would you like to see more more in our, and uh, not just in the industry just in general um and probably what kind of what other industries would you like to see coming together that we haven't really thought about in the past um yeah. i guess are two questions so we can split them yeah that's a really good
2: question i think um you know, we've seen some really interesting partnerships, even like in recent times, like um, with Lego and Ikea coming together, um, Audi and BrewDog. Uh, we actually had a really interesting one with my lovely colleagues over in the US. We had KY Jelly and TripAdvisor coming together and you see these, these random brands and you think, what an interesting combination. But actually, once they've they've formed this partnership and they've started to you know develop the, the content or the messaging, you think, you know, you, you kind of wonder what life was like before you saw that partnership. So I think for, for obvious reasons, working in the travel industry, I'd love to see um, you know, brands from all different industries thinking about um travel in, in a number of different ways. Like with with the sectors that I focus on at TripAdvisor, finance, you know, I think when people travel abroad, people are moving away from using cash, especially um post pandemic. So u- utilising products that are low fee and are easy to use and perhaps even even digital. I think, you know, the finance industry and travel go quite nicely together hand in hand. You've got automotive that we've touched on. I think retail as well. Like retail is a massive um, sort of advertising sector. Yeah. And one that, um, you know, if you look at some of the partnerships on Love Island recently, I'm not sure if you've been following it, Moda. My my wife certainly has, and I've had it on in the background.
1: Fine. The exact same it's been on in the household uh, yeah.
2: yeah So i think with like the, the ebay partnership there and um, you know clothing and and being away on holiday i think those two go go hand in hand and we see that a lot from our own insights that people like to spend money before they go on a trip or go on a trip and spend money on on clothing and footwear and things like that so i think you know, there's there's so many different opportunities I'd, I'd i'd really like to see these these partnerships go you know, go live on our platform that are really quite unexpected, because I think it, it excites people and I think it's good for, you know, it creates that kind of that fame that, that both brands are, are looking for when coming together in a partnership.
1: Absolutely. Um, and again, you made another really interesting point um, with the finance industry, um, especially with the late, you know, the, the new breed of the challenger banks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they are the ones offering low fees, um, no exchange rates, and um, and allowing you to just digitally um, transfer and exchange money into the local currency of the destination. Um, most recently, um, you probably know this because I've been going on it for a while. But my project Marrakesh trip that finally took place, um, it was really easy. We we exchanged a, a, a you know. British pounds into Moroccan dirhams instantly, um, it, and and utilize the local currency ATM machines and just withdraw cash as you would as a local. Yeah. Fantastic service because you're not thinking about all those high fees as you would in airports, etc. You know, and it's those little things, especially in our current economic, really helps.
2: Exactly, and I think when you when you travel, mode, like you, you think about how are you getting there, where are you going to stay. How are you going to get to the place that you're going to stay? What am I going to do while I'm there? But there's so many things, I think, pre-travel that that we sort of do without thinking about it. To your point, what card am I going to use while I'm out there? What yep. am I going to wear? What clothes do I need to wear? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? And I think this is where those brands outside of travel with us have a, a real opportunity to um, to you know capitalise on, on an audience that, need that information. And I think that, you know, where we've where we have been fortunate to work with some of these these neo banks and, and with the retail brands, they're seeing really, really strong performance because it's something that people don't think of, but when you remind them of it, in that key moment, it, it resonates really well and it, it works for you know, we help our consumers to travel better and our partners achieve their objectives.
1: It's everyday human checklist, isn't it? Exactly. Thank you, James. Um, and that's it's great because to your point and you know we're seeing these we're having these active discussions that there are we probably are on this journey of seeing more and more collaborations take place we're going to see you know it'd be nice we'd love to see non-endemic collaborations take place as well um and and would love to see how those partnerships flourish over the next couple of years so we are heading towards the end of the podcast the wind down questions, um, just to end the to, to end today's show. Anything we've missed? Anything um, I haven't asked, or any 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 topics that you might be relevant or would like to mention to, to today's podcast? Um, I
2: don't think there's anything we've we've missed. To your point. We can talk about this all day, every day, which we um we do quite often. I think you know, I just want to reiterate really just this. We know there's been a delay with the. Um, with the third party cookie but you know people need to start thinking about their their own first party data strategies anyway so just to continue to to explore and, and start from the beginning the you know this idea of the auditing and speaking to to brands and and partners as, as we do quite often and um, moda with 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 your partners and, and and with ours just exploring what you know does our audience also feature you know are they a customer of your brand are your customers Active on TripAdvisor, you know, it doesn't doesn't cost you anything to kind of learn that. And I think at that point, if you're doing that with all of your existing partners and potential partners that you feel you have a um, a right to a, a set, the sector's a right area for you to play in, then you're going to be in a strong position because you can you can start to think about how you you know reach your existing customers, but also go after after new ones. So, yeah, not not so much something to add, but something just to
1: reiterate. Absolutely. And that's a great, great point to reiterate. And on that note, James, sadly, I do have to say goodbye. But just before I do, I want to say thank you for, for 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 joining us on today's podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure just, um, speaking with you. Um, to your point, you know, we could speak all day long. Um, but you're a very well-connected man. And I would, if there's anyone you could nominate um, in this industry or even outside the industry, to, to, that we could welcome on, on, on the podcast, who would that be? Anyone you, you could think of?
2: So well connected, the person I'm gonna suggest isn't someone I've ever spoken to. <laughs> but um, I think, um, you know, when I was thinking about this, this question and having reviewed and listened to some of the other um, Identity Architect podcasts, one I think would be really interesting is Pizza Express. Not someone I've, um, not a brand I've spoken to, I'm sure they, you know, they're present on, on TripAdvisor. But I think their app that they launched recently, whereby you're, they're kind of collecting um, sort of members based on what you do in store, but also the pizzas that you buy in, in the supermarket, the ones that you get delivered to. And I think it's just a really interesting, um, I just would love to hear more about how that, that came about, how that's performing, what they're doing with that data. And I think when I looked up the um, the person that, that might be responsible for that, I think... Um, he was also responsible for doing something similar at Costa, around loyalty and and getting more uh, first party data. So that that would be my um, that would be my recommendation.
1: Do you have an individual to name at Pizza Express?
2: Um, I think that the that person was uh, Arslan Sharif. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, the chief digital officer. As right. I as I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, as I'm sure um, lots of us do. Um, he seemed to be the person that would be um, responsible for for that, that kind of data collection and how they use it. So we just just love to hear his, his brains being picked on a
1: podcast. Amazing, James. Well, we will hope to be in touch with Ashland from Pizza Express, um, and hopefully he will be able to join us on the next podcast. James, it's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thank you, Moda.
0: Thanks again to James for joining us. It's fascinating to hear what TripAdvisor are doing in an incredibly interesting space. Over the last few years, we've seen retail media networks become incredibly lucrative concepts. And to me, travel really feels like that next media network opportunity. All that leaves for me to do is to remind you to hit that subscribe button wherever you enjoy podcasts so you know when the next episode of Identity Architects lands. But until then, thanks for listening.